This is The Christian Artist, honoring Christ through creativity. My name is Caleb, and it's technically just Connor today, actually. Um, the episode for the day, uh, we didn't really have much time this weekend to record an episode, but uh, uh, we were at a conference uh, this weekend um, and uh, at, at our church, and that's actually one of the reasons that we couldn't do um, our normal um, episode because you're kind of busy. Um, but uh, Connor actually was uh, doing one of the breakout sessions um, at the conference. Um, he was speaking on um, parenting from the child's perspective. So he was talking about his experiences um, just being parented and some advice as to you know how to relate to your kids. Um, and it was fantastic, fantastic, fantastic stuff. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. And we recorded it. So um, this is actually going to be uh, just the recording of Connor's talk um, at uh, No Regrets uh, Men's Conference 2017 um, at Faith Community Church. So without further ado, here is my wise brother. My name is Connor Powers. Um, the thing, the the uh, the printout or whatever actually did say Caleb. Um, that's that's Caleb. So we get we get mixed up a lot. Um, so that's okay. But. Um, I'm going to be talking about what teenagers need from their fathers. Um, and so we're just going to start out with this video. So, yeah. Goes on. Let's go to another test. Verse 6 of chapter 2. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. The Christian ought to walk as Jesus walked. And you say, Brother Paul, you've gone too far now. Who can walk like Jesus walked? Well, let me give you an illustration to try to explain to you what I mean. When I was a little boy, my father was a very big man, very smart man. And like all little boys, I wanted to be just like him. Now up north, we, had a, we raised cattle and raised quarter horses. We get big snows. And my dad would come into my room at five in the morning, even when I was a little boy, and say, Paul boy, get up. No rest for the wicked. And when he said, get up, you got up. And we would walk out there in the snow. And the one thing I can always remember doing is my father would take these big strides and leave these footprints in the snow. Now, I wanted to walk like my dad walked. And so I would try to stretch my legs out and put my foot in his footprint. And I would stretch my legs out. Now, you can imagine I was stretching out farther than I could ever go. You can imagine I looked ridiculous. And you can imagine I fell down. But you will also know by looking at that picture that the greatest desire in my heart was to walk like he walked. You could tell looking at that little boy, he wanted to be like his dad, even though sometimes he didn't look anything like him. Let me ask you, what's the greatest desire in your heart? Is your great desire to walk like he walked? To be like he was? Is that your great desire? Are you seeking to put your foot in his footprint? Listen to me, man. Listen to me, woman, because if you're not, be afraid. A reporter came up to me one time and he said, why are you telling people to be afraid all the time? And I said, because they ought to be afraid. Again, this is the test. This is the exam. If I were to look at your life, if I were to film the whole thing, would I see since the supposed day of your conversion, this desire to walk like him? Or do you desire to walk like everybody else? Do you desire to walk like the world and act like the world and talk like the world and fellowship with the world? Do you identify with the world? 
Or is it Jesus? Is it Jesus? We're not talking about whether or not you need to rededicate your life tonight. We're talking about whether or not you need to get saved. Uh, and that is Paul Washer. If any of you have heard of him or want to look up anything of his, um, he is fantastic. Um, so I showed that clip for a couple of reasons. Well, it was just audio. But I wanted you guys to hear that for a couple of reasons. Um, one, that that's how kids view their parents, especially their fathers. Um, they want to be like them, um, especially at a young age, but that doesn't leave when kids grow up, when they become teenagers. They still want to be like you. They do. Um, kids, they, like teenagers never grow out of that, that desire to want to be like their parents. Um, it, it doesn't, it's not as strong for sure um, but even if, you know, it's a really bad relationship, your kid still wants to be like you and still desires to have that relationship with you. Um, and, you know, parents that abuse their kids, that, there's a lot of problems that come with that. That's, that's the proof is there, there are a lot of kids who love their, you know, parents that have a desire to, you know, be like their parents and they shouldn't at all. Um, that's just wired into kids. Um, and secondly, that that needs to be every single, you know, one of us, that we need to be, have our eyes fixed on Christ. That's our, our aim. That's our goal. Um, we, we want to be like a kid trying to be like their father, um, and model that for our kids. Um, that, that is, that is the goal that to be setting an example for our kids to what a godly man looks like, because we're not good. We're not. The Bible's Romans 3, um, 10, no one is righteous, no, not one. Uh, we, we are not good people. Um, and so when our kids want to follow us, we're not going to be that perfect example. And they need to know that the perfect example they need to look to when we, when we mess up and we aren't good and we don't do what they need from us, um, that they need to know that they go to Christ. And they look at Christ for their ultimate example. Not to say that, you know, you don't want your kids to, to follow you or listen to you or whatever. Um, you do want that. But you want your kids to ultimately be looking at Christ um, for their ultimate example. Um, so before I go any further, uh, I just want to pray. Lord, thank you so much uh, just for this conference. Um, that we can just, we can just seek you, Lord. And, and uh, thank you for all of the, the men's hearts here, Lord. The teachers and the um, uh, the people that came, Lord, that just that we just want to learn more about you, Lord. Um, we just thank you for this opportunity, um, and and bless all of these men's hearts, Lord, for to just to seek after you, uh, to want to desire to be more like you, Lord. I pray that that is the the desire of all of our hearts today, Lord, um, and that you would just you would just bless us in that, uh, that we would just be seeking you, Lord, and. Uh, that there's so much information that's going to be coming the rest of this day even. Lord, I just pray that we would be able to soak it up, uh, take note, whatever we need to do, Lord, just to keep our eyes focused um, and attentive to what you have to tell us today, um, and that we would remember these things um, as time goes on. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, um, I'm going to talk about three different things, three different points um, of just what your kids need to see um, in you as, as a dad. Um, so, and I, I am not a father. 
So this is not from the perspective of a father. Yeah. Um, this is not from the perspective of a father. This is from the, from the perspective of um, a Christian who has studied extensively on the biblical topics of parenting and marriage. Um, and I've been a child for 18 years, so there's that. Um, so this is, this is from the perspective of a Christian who wants to be a dad and a husband. Um, not in that order. Um, but... And I am from the perspective of, uh, you know, a kid who has learned from the qualities and mistakes of my parents. Um, and uh, that's just kind of the perspective that we're going for here. So, um, so three points. One is love your kids. And, and you could add love your kids more than yourself. Um, to put your kids um, before you. Uh, Psalm 127.3 says that kids are a gift from God. And we, we, we know this, like we get this. Um, but when's the last time you, you thought about your kids as a gift from God? When's the last time you were like, hey, you know, Johnny, I, I, you were a gift from God to me. Um, when's the last time that, that we, we saw our kids like that? We, you know, your kids are going to bother you. They're going to, they're going to get on your nerves. They're going to upset you. Um, and they're not going to do everything you say. They're, you know. But they are a gift from God, nevertheless. Um, and you need to view your kids as your disciples, as the ones that you were directly appointed to point them to God. You, you are their um, teacher, and they are your disciples. That's how you need to view that. Because nobody, you don't want anybody else to teach your kids. You want to be the one teaching your kids. Um, that's, that's what the calling of a parent is. Um, Psalm 34:11 says, "Come you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord." That that needs to be our our cry as as parents, as as dads. That we want our kids to listen to us and we need to teach them the fear of the Lord. Um plead plead with God. I like if you after today um maybe maybe after after this if we have a little time just plead with God to help you teach your kids. Um, we, we cannot do that on our own. We cannot teach our kids on our own. If we, if we try to teach our kids to follow us, like I was saying before, it's not going to work. They're not going to get, they're, they're not going to be, yes, you know, whatever, if we're not teaching them to fear God and teaching them in biblical principles. Um, Especially with teenagers, um, let the fact that if, if you have a teenager, let the fact that you don't have much time left with them fuel your desire to teach your kids. Let that scare you. That's, that's okay. Let that scare you, that you, you want to teach your kids and you don't have any, you know, as much time anymore. Um, let, let, that, let that fuel your desire to teach your kids um, and train them in righteousness. Um, which, which begs the question, can you teach your kids about God? Can you? Because if you can't teach your kids about God, do you know God? No. Keep that in mind. Um, 2 Corinthians 13.5 says, examine yourself to see whether or not you are in the faith. Um, there, that, is a, that is a calling to... to Make sure that we are actually saved. So, so know that if you aren't teaching your kids about God, if that doesn't just automatically come off of you and you're not already doing that, 
question your salvation. Do that. That is a calling from scripture. Um, make sure that you can teach your kids about God because um, you should be able to. Um, moving on from there, um, when you have, when you have teenagers, let's just do some practical advice. Okay. Um, never tell your kids that you, they can't do something that you do or that you practice. So let's say, you know, there's this really cool movie that came out, you know, and they don't want to watch it or whatever. Um, and you're, and your 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 son's like, Hey, that's a cool movie. You want to see it together? And you're like, look at what it's rated. Mm-hmm. No, no, I think I'll watch this by myself. Well, why do you get to watch it? Because we're culturally designed. Do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. We, we want our kids to, to do what we say and not what we do because we don't want to practice the same things that we teach our kids. Um, another thing would be to be wary of favoritism um, between your kids. And that's a touchy subject um, but treat your kids the same as you do your other kids. That is something that happens very easily um, that we just overlook. Um, that, that is a, a cause of tension between kids for sure. Um, I want to read uh, Ephesians 4, 6 as, um, or a 4, 6, 4. Um, this is a backup for that. And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Um, so, so when we do teach our kids, we want to make sure that we're not um, unnecessarily provoking our kids to anger. Um, not that, you know, if your kids have been ever been angry with you, that's somehow a bad thing. Um, but not to unnecessarily provoke your kids to anger in any of these things. Um, that is also very important. Um, on to more practical advice. I actually asked some of my uh, teenage friends from youth group um, as to what they need from their parents. Um, and they overwhelmingly, the, the ultimate thing that they said was they want their dads to talk to them, to actually have a conversation with them and not just, you know, come home from school and how was school? Or, you know, how was this? How was, how was that? But to actually talk to them. Um, uh, learn who your kids really are. Really, if you get nothing else from this, just to talk to your kids, really like go home and have a conversation with your kids and talk about them and what, what they, not, not just how they're, how they're doing today, but how they're doing in life. Ask your kids, um, what they've been reading in their Bibles. Share with them what you've been learning from your, from your Bible and from God. Um, ask them how their prayer life is. Talk to them about these things um, that we, we try to avoid because it doesn't come up in small talk. Talk to your, really talk to your kids. Talk with them about God. Um, uh, one girl even said that she wants her dad to talk to her about guy stuff. She just, she just wanted her dad to talk to her about guys and relationships, um, and just whatever. So, so talk to your kids about these things. Just, just have real conversations with your kids. Get to know who they really are um, and what they, what they want, who, who they want to be. You ever asked your kid, like, seriously, like, what do you want to do? 
What do you want to do with your life? Where, where do you see God leading you in your life? Ask them these questions. Learn more about your kids because they want to hear these things. They want to talk about these things. It's not, it's not to say that, you know, you need to know what's going on with your kids and you do, but, but your kids want to hear these things. They want to talk to you about these things. Whether you've had a, you know, a bad relationship with your kids to this point or not, your kids want to get to know you. It's, it's built into us. We want to know more about our dads. Um, so do that. Have an actual conversation with your kids. Bite through the awkwardness and just talk about stuff. Just talk. Um, one girl said that she just wanted her dad to stop helping everybody else and focus on helping their family. That he was spending too much time helping everybody else and not enough time helping their family. Is, is that your priority? Is, is your family your priority in, in life? Are, are your kids your priority? Or is it like, you know, you, you had your kid, you know, you're a teenager, you know, they'll be moving out in a couple years. I did my job. It's all good. Are you still focusing on your family? Because they should always come first. Not that, you know, you're, you know you're, you should quit your job or whatever, but that you need to make time to spend with your kids. Um, another one said that uh, she wants her dad to not dismiss things that she wants to talk about and the things that she thinks is important. That her, her dad didn't, didn't understand when she was talking about something um, that was really important to her and that her dad just didn't, didn't care and didn't know what she was talking about. So, you know, she just kind of, you know, he, he just kind of wrote her off. Um, I once had a conversation uh, with a friend of mine and my dad about how to fix the government. It was like an hour and a half. We talked about uh, tons of stuff. We, we talked about a, a, a substitute for uranium. Um, and we fixed America. Um, in an hour and a half. In an hour and a half. We fixed America. Um, and it, that would have killed me if my dad would have shrugged me off on that. That would have killed me. That's something that I thought was important, that I wanted to talk about, and that my friend and I were, were engaged with, and we were talking about all these things. Um, my dad came along, and he joined the conversation. And, and we, we had a real conversation about something silly. Um, I still don't think it was silly, but... Um, that it, I don't care if, if it is a species of fish that is the cure to cancer, and that's what, that's what your kid is talking about. Just, just, just listen to your kids. It, it can be something weird or crazy, just, just listen to your kids. Have a conversation with your kids um, because that's what they really want. Um, and if it, if it is a problem of time, if you cannot find the time to talk to your kids, you're too busy. You're too busy to parent if you don't have enough time to talk to your kids. That, that cannot happen. You, you have to be able to have the time to, to parent your kids. Um, and for those of you who, who do not have kids, um, one thing that I always say, um, is that if you do, if you don't think you'll have enough time to homeschool your kids, you do not have enough time to be a parent. If not to say you have to homeschool your kids, but if you do not have enough time to teach your kids everything about life, you do not have enough time to have kids and don't have kids. 
Because you have to have that margin of time. Because if you just send your kids to a school and have them teach them everything, and you talk about how was school, and that's all you get to, and that's your relationship, um, you're not teaching your kids. The school is. The government is teaching your kids. And you're not actually doing your job as a parent. That Your job is to teach your kids about life, to teach your kids about everything. And 50 years ago, you know, you would be teaching your kids. 100 years, you would be teaching your kids everything. That's how it used to work. And nowadays, it's, it's for the sake of convenience. We throw our kids at the government, and they teach them everything that we don't want to teach them. Make the time to, to teach your kids. And, and, and what, what is it that, that really is taking up so much of your time that you can't have time with your kids? What, what, what is it that is more important than your kids? Let's put it that way. What is more important than your kids? Um, maybe it's your job and you need more money or whatever. Um, maybe it's an addiction to something or an innocent hobby. Just something that you do to, you know, keep your stress level down. Just, just something that you do um, for yourself. Would it, would it kill you to, to, to not do that? To take a little time off of work and, and spend time parenting your kids? Because that's what we're called to do. It's time to get real and give your kids time. Um, and the, the, three, the three things I would say is the absolute key to, to parenting um, would be prayer, Prayer first and foremost. If you're not praying for your kids, um, you, you're, you're kidding yourself. You're trying to do everything on your power. If you're not asking God to help you teach your kids about life, you're kidding yourself. Presence is the next key, just to be there, to be able to talk with your kids um, and, and have an ongoing relationship, an actual relationship with your kids is so important. Um, ju just being able, just making the time to be there and be, be present um, in your kids' lives. So prayer, presence, and pleasure. If you do not enjoy the time that you spend with your kids, if you do not love the time you get, the privilege you get to spend time with your kids, you're kidding yourself. Because if you don't, if you don't actually care about your kids and, and care about spending time with them and care about the, the silly conversations that you have, you don't care about your kid. That's, that's your kid. You have, to, you have to love and, and think of your kid as a disciple of Christ and point them to Christ and love doing it. You have to love doing this. So prayer, presence, and pleasure are the three keys, I would say, is the key to parenting. And this, and whether or not you think this is you or not, this is all of our faults as men for, for this, for, for our the, the next generation or whatever, whatever goes wrong. This is all of our faults, isn't it? Think, think about, think about parenting as if your kid was just born. How much you, you loved and adored your kid when he was, he or she was just born. Think about that because, because as far as time goes on, you learn more about the flaws of your kid mm -hmm. and things go downhill. Um, you don't love your kid as much because you don't enjoy, you know, just 
just their life as much as when they first were born and you first held your kid. Um, you, have to, you have to put yourself back into that place and think about your kids like that. You have to love spending time with them because they can tell if you don't. They can tell. If we just desired to teach our kids about God, if, we, if we, we've longed for our kids to have an actual relationship with Jesus Christ and we taught them in the ways of the Lord, these things would not happen. Um, so the first point would be to love your kids. That's obvious. The second point would be to love your wife more than your kids. Um, First Peter three one. Nope, not three one. Darn. All right, so there's a verse in First Peter <laughs> um, that talks about loving your wife more than anyone. To to put your wife above your kids is so important that when, when there's a, a, when there's a, you know, a, a, a problem in the family or whatever, you're on your wife's side. You're not on the kid's side. Um, that you're, that you're on, on the team of your wife because you married her. You didn't marry your kids. You just, that just happened. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you chose your wife. You did not choose your kids. You, you chose to have kids, probably. But you, you did not choose who you got as kids. You're on your wife's side. Um, because because what, what happens when, what is your motivation for being on your kid's side ever? Is it, is it, to help them? No. It's, it's to help you. That you're, you're helping yourself trying to think of, you know, oh, you know, maybe my kids will, will, will like me more. Like, who, who does it help when you're on your kid's side? It, it, it helps you. It, it makes you feel more comfortable with whatever the situation is, whatever. Um, it is not for the kids. The, the, what the kids need to see is that you're on the wife's side. Um... Here's a question. Do you love your wife? Do you? Do your kids know that you love your wife? Because if your kids don't know that you love your wife, chances are you don't love your wife. Your kids should know that. When you get into an argument with your wife, how does that, how does that go over? Do you apologize to your kids? Because you should. Your kids don't need to see that ever. You you can you can argue with your with your wife if it's an actual thing that you you know need to talk about. Just go outside. I don't care if it's cold. You can just get out of there. <laughs> you don't you don't argue with your your wife ever in front of your kids. That should never happen. You and your wife you show your kids that you and your wife are on the same side and you are together. Do you model marriage for your teenagers? Do you, do you show them that you love your wife more than anything? Um, and do you show your, your sons how they should treat a woman, a woman from, 
you know, how you are treating your wife um, and being an example for your daughters of what they should be looking for in a man. And just, just in how you treat your wife. That, that is a teaching moment for you and your kids. Um, like our dad was saying before, divorce isn't an option. Don't even joke about it. That's not, that's not a joke. You don't, you don't ever talk about divorce on anything like that. Do you take her on dates? Do you still prove to your children that you desire her, see her, seek her, and try to please her? Or is it just the ball and chain? Like, like my dad was saying earlier, you just conquered her. Or are you, are you in a constant pursuit of your wife because you love her? Because your kids need to see that. Because you have to set the example for your kids. Is that what you're showing? What are, what are you showing your kids that marriage is all about? What are, you, what are you telling your kids with how you treat your wife? Uh, another thing. Have your kids ever said the words, I hate you? Because if they haven't, it's not that they don't love you, it's that you don't love them if you've never said, if they've never told you that they hated you. If there's never been a point of time and time where your kids actually hated you because you were correcting them and disciplining them, is that loving? Discipline and correction is essential to parenting. Um, one thing in Ephesians 4.26, do not let the sun go down in your anger. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down in your anger. Don't ever discipline your kids when you're angry or out of anger. You know, give it time, wait, and then come back to it and discipline your kids, but never do it while you're angry. But never let that simmer. Never let your anger simmer and... You know, just have it build up, and then it all just comes out in one blast. You need to discipline your kids and, and correct them and, and prove to them that if they, when they mess up, that they need to be punished for it. But you never do it out of anger. You never, you, you, but you, when you are angry and, and, you know, they need to be corrected, you go get the wife. Or the wife come gets you if she's angry. And, you know, hey, spank Johnny. Why? Well, you know, because he needs to live. Because <laughs> he needs to live. All right, Johnny, I'm spanking you because you need to live, and I love you. Never try to make your kids love you by sacrificing their well-being by not teaching and correcting your kids. Third point. So first point, love your kids more than yourself. Second point, love your wife more than your kids. Third point, love God more than anything and anyone. Take your kids to church with you. Have you ever, have you ever taken your kids to church with you um, and not thrown them at the youth group or the children's ministry and, and taken them with you and sat them down in, in the big people church and, and shown them that you love to be there, that you love to worship God? that you love to, to listen to the word of God and take notes and soak it all in. And, and do, do they, do they have, have ever seen you desire to learn more about God? Have you, have you shown them that you desire God? Show, show them, don't, don't tell them, show them that you love to sing songs and worship God with Christian brothers and sisters. 
Show them these things. Don't, don't, just, don't just let them go and learn their own thing about teenagers or, or, or children. Don't throw them at, at, at some other ministry. Take them with you and prove to them that you are a Christian and that you love God. Let them see you doing these things. Set your priorities in the morning. I, I loved what Chip Ingram was talking about um, and just all the different things he does every morning. That's, that's awesome. What you need to do is do that and lay it down on the kitchen table. When your kids wakes up, that's what they see. They see you reading the word of God um, and, and, and praying and, and loving it. Not just out of duty, but you, but you love to do these things. And, and they come in and they're, they're making themselves breakfast and you're on the kitchen table and you're like, amen, did you hear about this? This is awesome. And you talk about it with your kids and, and you show them, not, not fake. Don't, don't pretend that you love God to prove to your kids that you're somehow righteous. Um, but, but show your kids that you love to worship God. Um, do you have a family devotional time? I don't, I don't care if it's 10 minutes and you're, you're reading a book of Proverbs. Just do something where you're getting the word of God into your kids' lives. Do, do something where, where you, you are bringing your family together and learning more about God. I, I don't, I, 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 I am, you know, a part of the, the children's ministry. I teach the kids in the children's ministry. I'm a youth leader now. Um, and I really want to be a dad. I do. I really want to be a dad. And I see all these kids and uh, the other day, I, I um, was like, okay, you know, this is a perfect lead-in. I could talk about repentance today. And I was like, all right, so who knows what the word repent means? None of the, none of the kids knew. And I was like, why? I don't understand that. And I was like, I just want to, I want to teach you. If I was your dad, I just want to adopt you right now. I'll be your personal youth leader, and I'll just teach you all these different things. I, do you love to do that? Do you love, do you, do you see your kids as an opportunity to preach the word of God and not be hated for it? This is, this is your kid we're talking about. Teach them about God. Find opportunity, make the time to teach your kids more about God. Find some way to teach your kids more about God and love to do it. Here's the Paul Washer coming out of me. What are you a slave to? Are you a slave to Christ? Are you a slave to Christ? Do you, is every, every part of you built upon the fact that you want to please and worship God? That's the life of a Christian. Are, are you a slave to your work? Are you a slave to, to whatever? Are, are, you cannot serve two masters. You are either with God or against him. You were either serving God or you were not. And if you, if you, if you don't look at these things and, and think, yeah, no, this is, this is me. I, I do that. I, I, uh, you know, I, I teach my kids, um, you know, and I, and I love my wife and I, I do all these things. If this, if, if you were the complete opposite of this, second Corinthians 13, five says, examine yourselves. So whether or not you are in the faith, make sure that you are in the faith. If this, if this is not already you, 
And, and, if this, and if these things aren't already you, go home, do business with God, set these things straight, and then go to your family and apologize. Yeah, we're, we're going to start doing some devotional time now. You don't like it, I don't care. You're going to enjoy it, because I'm going to enjoy it. Just, just, it doesn't bite through the awkwardness of that even, and say, no, I'm going to, things are going to change from here on out. We're going to, I want to teach my kids about God. That's the, it's the utmost desire of my being, is to teach my kids more about God. So I can tell you all about the don'ts. Um, believe me, I could rant about parents. Um, and if you want that, if you desire to hear rants about parents, ask your kids. They'll tell you all about it. Um, but the thing I want to tell you is to fill up on Christ. I could tell you don't do all of these things all day. But if I never told you what to fill up that time with, that's what this is all about today. It's not just about the don'ts. It's about what you fill with that don't, what you do. And you need to fill up with Christ. If you are not in, in prayer, if you are not reading your Bible, um, if you do not have Christian fellowship and Christian accountability, you are kidding yourself. In, in today's day and age, we, we have made salvation to be this decision. Um, and afterwards, you, you go to church after you've made this decision. It's a new, Christianity is a New Year's resolution. And it's not. It's a radical experience with God, with the God of the universe. And if you can go through that and not change, Paul Washer uh, analogy. Um, if I went and I was, I was late to this thing and you guys are all like, you know, why, why are you late to this thing? I mean, what's going on? And, and I said that I had gotten hit with a bus. Um, and I was, you know, I was late in all these things and I got hit with the bus. Um, and if either I'm, I'm crazy, I'm a liar, or I just got hit with a bus and you'll be able to tell right away because I might be dead. <laughs> if it, it, the experience of salvation is like getting hit with a bus. If you have an experience with the God of the universe, you will change or you are not saved. You will change. So, so. You know, I'm, I'm supposed to be talking about, you know, what teenagers need from their fathers, but, but know that if, if you have not been changed, if your life does not look radically different, then you are not saved. And, and, and then what, what Paul Washer was saying earlier, it's not about rededicating your life. You need to say, God, I, am, I have never been a Christian and I'm getting saved right now. So, so who is teaching your kids? Are you? Is the world? Is the wife? Are you teaching your kids? And ultimately, what do teen what does your teenager need from you? Okay? Let's wrap this up. Nothing that you can give. Psalms 27:10 says, For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Your kids need what God can give, ultimately. 
And now don't get me wrong, it is absolutely your solemn duty and honor and privilege to raise your kids. <laughs> but God does not need you to do it. God didn't need me to talk this morning. God didn't need any of the speakers to talk this morning. And they were all fantastic. But God did not need any of us to do anything. And God does not need you to, to save your kids. If it is God's will to raise up your kids in righteousness, it'll happen, whether you have a part in it or not. But God wants to use you to reach your kids. And kids are a gift from God because responsibility is a blessing. The, the honor and privilege of teaching your kids is a blessing. It is not a curse. It is an honor. Uh, over last week, I was sick for over 30 hours and I was just in my, in my room for like over 30 hours, just on and off sleeping. Um, and just, you know, just sitting there doing nothing cause I was sick and the world passed me by, you know, everything kept going. Uh, it was, it was a Sunday. So youth group still happened. Um, and afterwards, you know, people were talking about God and all these different things and, um, you know, fixing the world's problems like usual. Um, and, and I had no part in it. And that sounds depressing to you, but to me, it was the most encouraging thing ever because I knew that, that everybody I loved and cared about actually didn't need me. And that was encouraging to me, not because I was victimizing myself, um, because I knew that they would be okay without me. Um, not because I didn't contribute anything to them, but because God is so much bigger than me. And God can use anything and anybody. He doesn't need any of us. And he, he didn't need me that, that Sunday. I was going to be sick. And that was God's plan. If you try to raise your kids by your standards or by your power, or by your anything, you will fail. It is, it is God's work ultimately. And if he wants to use you, that's great. And it is your privilege and, and your honor. So see, see teaching your kids not as, as some, some chore, but that, that it is your, your privilege to teach your kids. See, see that as an, a golden opportunity to teach your kids about God. Um, and ultimately, I want you guys to know that God has never lost a single soul. So that if, if you know, for whatever reason, your kid does not just walks away from God and they, and they leave you or whatever, that God has never lost a single soul. And that it is not ever your fault that somebody wasn't a Christian. There's not a single person in hell that is not there because they deserve it. So be comforted by that. Um, not sure how much time I have left. Two minutes. Two minutes? All right. So, I'm going to pray, um, but I, I just want to challenge you guys just to really do business with God, whether right now or tonight or whatever, um, and just consider these things that I've been talking about today, that, uh, just everything. Just do business with God, and, and don't let this be a conference high and you and you 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 do this for a week and then it's and it's done and then you forget everything and whatever let this be a time where you make a change if you've never been hit by the bus of god 
you will know. You will know if you were a Christian because having a radical experience with God changes you. So let that be the challenge. Dear Lord, just thank you so much uh, for this opportunity, Lord, to, uh, to teach. Um, I, I pray that just everything that has been said today, Lord, that we will all remember these things, Lord, um, and just keep them in our minds and in our hearts. Um, and Lord, I just pray for every single one of these, these, these dads here, Lord, and just for their kids. Lord, that you will be with them, Lord, and that you will help them train up their kids in righteousness, Lord, that if that is the desire of their heart, Lord, that you will give it to them. Psalms 37, four. you will give us the desires of our heart. If that is truly what we seek, Lord, let us desire to see our kids trained up in righteousness and the admonition of the Lord. Jesus, let me pray. Amen. And there you go. That was Connor's talk at uh, No Regrets. Hope you liked it. Um, we'll see you next week, hopefully, for another episode of The Christian Artist. I know things are kind of crazy right now. Um, but uh, yeah, we should have another episode next week. So thanks for listening, guys. Have a great week.